I'm Helen Benham. I'm a consultant rheumatologist at Princess Alexandra Hospital in Brisbane. Um, and can you tell me a little bit about how you use uh, tele-rheumatology in Queensland? So actually tele-rheumatology uh, is used quite broadly in Queensland, but we have a um, tele-rheumatology clinic at the PA Hospital, which is based on a hub and spoke site um, uh, model of care. So we have the rheumatologist uh, at the spoke site and then a number of different hub sites all over southeast Queensland. We have trained nurses at those hub sites and via video teleconferencing, um, we see the patients um, uh, from one end at the hub site and at, this, at the spoke site, there's the trained nurse nurse who's able to perform a joint count, help the patient complete a patient reported outcome um, uh, measure uh, and then uh, the nurse sits in with the patient to have the consult with the rheumatologist from the PA. And how many patients are you um, seeing through that service? We have uh, close to 200 across annually across the year that we see in telehealth. It changes a little bit because we still see the patients once a year face to face. So they'll come to telehealth a couple of times if they're on a three to four monthly review. And then on their, you know, when they're due for their 12 month review, they'll come to be seen face to face in PA and then they'll go back to the telehealth system if it's appropriate for their care. And what sort of patients would you see through that kind of service? So we've had a look at our um, service to uh, answer that question and we see mostly people with inflammatory arthritis. By far and away the most common condition is rheumatoid arthritis than the spondyloarthritis. But actually we see a real cross-section. So patients with gout, patients with connective tissue disease, patients um, uh, are really across the whole spectrum of, of rheumatology. Um, and I heard in your presentation uh, that you'll see patients who are stable in their condition. So we don't see new patients. Um, uh, there doesn't appear to be enough evidence that it's um, uh, safe to see patients um, initially um, from our point of view. So our model of care is based on stable review patients who've been triaged into our clinic uh, by a rheumatologist um, and that they don't at that time require uh, that I have complex management issues or they don't um, have a condition which really requires them to be seen face to face for a physical examination by the rheumatologist. Um, and do the patients still come in for a face to face appointment? Once every 12 months, it's a mandatory part of the model of care. Um, and I heard you say up there that they dislike having to come in <laughs> once they've got used to it. Honestly, they really do. So when we finish the consult and I say, OK, so it's actually coming up to the time now where the next appointment you'll have to um, come to face to face. I universally get groans and really, do I have to? Um, so they, it really demonstrates, as the research did, that, that patients do really prefer telehealth for lots of different reasons. And do rheumatologists prefer it as well sometimes? Oh look, I think you'd probably have to ask that question to other rheumatologists, but my understanding is, is that a lot of rheumatologists, either in private practice or in public, are doing some form of tele-rheumatology, um, so I personally think that there's greater and greater uptake as we go along. Certainly in Queensland, as a state, we outperform in terms of telehealth across all of the medical specialties. We have a really large telehealth system in Queensland. Um, and what sort of platform do you use? Like what software platform? So we use Cisco. Video conferencing technology is what Queensland Health use currently. And what's the rationale for that uh, uh, instead of just using something simple like Skype? Uh, I understand, and again, you know, my technical capacity is uh, not fantastic, but I understand it's a more reliable system for video conferencing. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Um, and what are some of the barriers to rheumatologists using telehealth? 
Uh, again, that's a good question. I think some of the barriers might be, um, and, and I don't have any research to back this up, I think some of the barriers really are around structural um, and logistical things for telehealth so you need to have the right equipment you need to have um, ideally a presenter at the other end so that's where the logistics come into play so our presenters are nurses who are trained so it takes quite a bit of um, effort to have those nurses trained they have to come to PA for a couple of days and spend um, those two days learning how to do joint counts um, having a number of lectures and things so it's intensive to train presenters at the other end a lot of um, people will use GPs at the other end um, and again that's excellent but they might require a degree of training particularly for rheumatology in terms of joint counts and otherwise so I think I personally believe it's it's just more about logistics than it is about the rheumatologist feeling comfortable doing telehealth or the patients feeling comfortable doing telehealth I think the barriers probably are mostly logistical and what's the role of the presenter why do you have to have a presenter um, so you don't have to have a presenter. It, um, for, for a specialty like ours, particularly in inflammatory arthritis, a joint examination is crucial because we really make all of our decisions based on the disease activity and a joint count is a crucial part of all of the disease activity, composite scores or any parameter that you use to make a decision about therapy really is going to include a joint count. So um, it's just a really necessary part of our examination. Are there any areas of practice in rheumatology where telehealth might not work? Yeah, look, I think it's difficult. Personally, as a clinician and from the evidence that I've seen, I think it is difficult to see initial patients um, via telehealth. Um, but I think there should be some research in that space to work out actually whether that is the case. Um, and again, it's difficult in circumstances where I find it that, I was, that there are circumstances where we'll have to see the patient face to face. They might need to come down. They might need a joint in injection, for example. Um, so those things can either be organised locally or the patient needs to come back to where the hub site is. So they're probably the main um, uh, times where it's an issue. And I saw um, you talked about uh, two systematic reviews that were done in 2017. Actually, there were two systematic reviews done specifically on tele-rheumatology, um, both published in 2017. Um, uh, and... The summary of those systematic reviews, if you like, is that telehealth is um, well accepted and um, patients are very satisfied with um, telehealth. Many of them demonstrated that you save time, patients save time and save money, as our research has indicated. Uh, 18, uh, roughly out of 20 of the papers that um, were reviewed showed telehealth to be effective. Uh, and there were a couple that didn't, um, uh, and that in ineffectiveness um, or that inappropriateness was really related to um, the presenter at the other end um, uh, in one circumstance and again related to what phase of the disease you're in so related to diagnosis. Diagnosis might be much more difficult to do over telehealth than seeing review patients. Um, and were those in Australia or were those international? There's only one paper. So the systematic reviews um, were published in um, uh, overseas journals. There was one paper, the, town, the paper from Townsville, which looked at a telehealth service delivered from Townsville to Mount Isa. Um, and that uh, particular paper demonstrated patient satisfaction with that service and actually a preference for telehealth versus face-to-face.
Great. Well, it seems like uh, telehealth might be the new thing in rheumatology going forwards. Look, I really hope so. I, I personally am obviously a strong advocate for tele-rheumatology. I think what we need to do now is think about using it in different ways. You know, like it's time for us in rheumatology to think about our allied health colleagues, about nurse practitioners, about delivering education, about self-management programs, all of these things that could be delivered by telehealth, rather than just thinking about the standard consult, which is important, but actually only a very, very small part part of what patients need for their overall care of their um, rheumatology conditions. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for um, sharing your knowledge on telehealth today. No worries. Thank you.